Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. This is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your knowledge, and pump up your energy. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Go to parentpumpradio.com to leave your questions, comments, and suggestions for future shows and subscribe to our RSS feed so you'll automatically be notified of new shows. And don't forget, we're also going to be partnering up for a monthly live speakers talk panel regarding financial literacy in the city of Torrance, Los Angeles. Mark your calendar. Our first one will be this Saturday, January 19th, 2019 from 10 a.m. to noon. If you can't make it, hey, we got it figured out. You can live stream us. All the information is in the show notes, so please RSVP. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about credit and student loans. So let's talk about something much more fun, making money. And how about making money while you're sleeping? What we call passive income. So if you want to create cash flow, appreciation, leverage, and take advantage of the plethora of tax incentives, then real estate investing is one of the best ways to do that. It's more stable than the stock market. And as Mark Twain said, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. I have a great guest today. She's also a personal favorite friend of mine. She is an expert in the concept of real estate investing. She's been doing it for over 20 years. She turned $10,000 into over $2 million. Yes, that's $2 million. And she only worked five to 10 hours per month with very little stress. She loves teaching others how to build wealth and create the life of their dreams, which is why I asked her to come on the show. While building her multi-million dollar business, she's traveled to over 55 countries. She dances every single day and spends lots of time with her husband of over 20 years and her adorable little puppy. She is the host of the podcast called Real Estate Investing for Women. And her expertise and blissful laugh, and you'll hear it, (laughs) have been featured on stages, radio, podcasts, and TV stations, including ABC, CBS, Fox, and The CW. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Monica Sawyer. Hi, Monica. Hey there, Jackie. How are you? (laughs) There's the laugh. (laughs) It just happens. (laughs) Like I said, you just can't help it. It's beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Let me tell you, listeners, she's helped parents pay for their children's college education and weddings. She's helped countless people retire with the lifestyle that they dreamed of. She's also a best-selling author of the award-winning book, Choose Bliss. Don't we all want to be blissful? I love that. The Power and Practice of Joy and Contentment. Monica, tell us what is bliss and what does it have to do with real estate? 
Ooh, good question to start. <laughs> so bliss, you know, everybody has like an idea of what bliss is. So how I define bliss is this deep sense of joy and contentment and the confidence that you can handle anything that comes your way. So it's really about emotional resilience and emotional mastery. Warren Buffett has said, if you cannot control your emotions, you cannot control your money. So you can see, based on my definition of bliss, how that has to do with investing in real estate, right? <laughs> because you have to be able to control your own emotions in order to be successful in growing any business, but real estate in particular, because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with stuff, right? So, yeah. And, you know, I like bliss because. I hear a lot in meditation because um, mm -hmm. I, I, I follow Deepak Chopra and he says bliss a lot. It's a different feeling than just happy. Yes, it is. And, you know, that's why I didn't call my book something about happiness because bliss is a much more deep sort of definition. It's not that you don't feel sad. You know, I feel like humans have, well, I don't feel like, I know, <laughs> humans have this huge range of emotions right? Yep. And bliss is kind of the place that you want to call home, but you have a right to go to all of those places and experience all those emotions, but you should have the tools to just come back to what I call the bliss equilibrium. So you don't live in depression you can, or anger. <laughs> you can live in this place of happiness, even if you go to depression or anger sometimes, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a very different thing than just happy. Happy is one of those emotions in that spectrum. There's a peaceful yeah. uh, feeling in it. It's confidence. Yeah, yeah. Why did you think of bliss and real estate and how has it helped you in your investing? My, you know, my real estate career <laughs> or my exposure started when I was three years old and my dad started investing in real estate. And because, so my dad, like your parents, were immigrants, right? Um, or you were an immigrant. We're actually refugees. Yeah, right. So, so you came into this country, right? With, I love what you talk about, like the dream and the hope, right? And my parents came here the same way. They came with the dream and the hope. And what they had heard was that the way to get rich in America was to buy real estate. Now think about this. We are so lucky to live here in the United States where we have access to, to being able to buy our own home. And the government supports that. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so they come here, they hear about real estate and they're like, OK, we're going to do it. So they buy their first home. Then their first little girl is born. That's me. <laughs> and then just sort of filled with excitement and joy and love, they embark on their investing journey and they buy their very first home as a rental property. And then 15 years later, they pay for my college education through real estate investing. There you go. Yeah. Right? And so I kind of saw the whole journey. But what I also saw is how stressed out my dad was about it. I saw him getting phone calls in the middle of the night and like being really upset and running out to go, as I would find out later, fix a toilet or right. whatever it is, right? Yes. And so as I, even though I knew the benefits, I didn't want to do real estate investing because I didn't want that stress. One day my dad said to me, because I was having this conversation with him, and he says to me, you know, and this changed my life. He said, you know, Monica, everybody has stress 
and everybody has money problems. Do you want poor people money problems or do you want rich people money problems? And that was a completely different perspective because I thought rich people don't have money problems, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, so that kind of changed my perspective. And I said, okay, so if I'm going to have stress anyways, it might be rich and might as well be rich and have stress. So I started moving down that path. But I will say this, Jackie, I was really committed to not have the real estate business take away from my life the way that it did for my dad. I didn't want the stress. I didn't want the aggravation. Um, and so I was really committed that it was going to be something that really added to the joy in my life. And so I've built it and streamed it in a way that I can call it blissful. It's stable. It supports the joy in my life. Um, I work very little at it. I love my tenants. I love my homes. I love my life. It's made me rich. Woohoo, right? Like that's what blissful real estate investing can do. And yes, yeah, sometimes it's stressful. Things come up. They always do. I've been in the business for now 27 years, right? Yeah. Things come up. But because my focus is on bliss, I've developed the tools to keep myself coming back to a place of stable so that it does, even when I'm stressed out, I don't stay there very long. I'm able to make good business decisions, good financial decisions, good investing decisions rationally rather than out of emotional fear. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love how you said that emotional part. And I think you and I both know in the industry it's called emotional intelligence because mm -hmm. you have control of your emotion. You know when to say something, feel something, right? You manage it. And I, bliss is a really good one word for that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so why do you, would you recommend parents invest in real estate? Well, you kind of heard by example, right? Yeah. Like dad and mom, that was their investment strategy. And the beautiful thing about real estate is you put in a certain amount of money and I don't know if your people really understand leverage. So let's talk a little bit about that. But you put in a certain amount of money and you control five times that in assets. That asset grows and grows and grows. If you've planned it right, you don't have to put any more money into it. And over time, it allows you to, to handle really large expenses. Yeah, yeah. And the nice thing about leverage when it comes to real estate is that you can use it to borrow more money off of the real estate you have instead of using your own money, which is something you can't do if you have stocks or mutual funds. Well, it's dangerous if you have stocks. I mean, actually, in the, the last bust, what happened is that a lot of people were trying to leverage stock. They were mar doing margin. And with stock, you can only do 50%. But if the stock drops, they call it. Yeah, yeah. And that's how a lot of people went bankrupt. But, you know, in real estate, you don't lose money until you sell the property. And it's a hard asset. Your property is not going to disappear like stock can. And, and with leverage, so let me be really, really clear on this. Why did I say five times the money? So if you buy a $100,000 home, in California, you can't do that. Right. But <laughs> right. In out-of-state, you can. There are plenty of states that you can invest in. No, we don't can. have to do it in California. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you were to buy a $100,000 home, how much do you put down? Well, 20%. 20%, yeah. right? Um, and so now you put $20,000 and you have 
control of a $100,000 asset. Who's taking the risk? It's the bank. They've got the 80% in. You've only got 20% in. Right, right. And right? Yeah, and then and then the tenants are paying off that 80,000. Where can you go and only put in 20,000 and eventually you own 100,000, actually more after right. you pay it off, it will be worth more. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, so there's just that, right? The tenants pay off the 80,000 and then what about appreciation? Right. That's even right? worth more. It's, right. it's got more value, yeah. right? So you end up with this like huge stockpile of money that now you can borrow again. Yeah, you can borrow again. And end of the year, you get to write off all these expenses. That's right. Only is in the rule book for business owners. Exactly. So there's like a million reasons yeah. to become a millionaire with real estate <laughs> <laughs> and help pay for your children's education. Be the kind of parent you want to be. Yeah. Like be able to keep the commitments you want to keep. Yeah. A lot of people may think think like your parents, it took a lot of time out of their life for the midnight plumbing phone calls, right? So I think right. that's probably one thing that people are thinking, it's going to take too much time away from my business, from my work, and maybe as a parent from my life with my family. What, what would you say about that? I would say there are times when it does take time. Um, anything worth having requires a commitment. Marriage requires equipment. Uh, that having children requires a commitment, right? Anything worth having requires a commitment. But I will also say is that once you set yourself up, it doesn't require a lot. So that's the way it's not like you're married or your children. <laughs> you kind of set it up and then you're done if you set it up the right way. So I'll give you an example. When I am purchasing a new place and renovating it and trying to get a tenant in, I will easily spend 10 hours a week working on that. But once I have a tenant in, I don't get calls except for the end of the year to say Merry Christmas. Like, or I might get some text saying, you know, Monica, the toilet is um, having a problem. I'm going to call a plumber. I'll send you the bill, but I just wanted to let you know because I train my tenants to do that. So yes. And so when I say five to 10 hours a month, it's like drawn out average over the year because I buy about a house a year. So when I'm in it, when I'm having to pay attention to it, it takes a little bit more of my time, but then the rest of the time it takes nothing. So it really depends on how you've set it up. And that's going to determine how much time you have to spend. How many houses do you want? Like I'm totally cool with, I've got five or six houses. They manage themselves. It's going to make me wealthy. I don't need 19 doors, 100 doors, like a lot of people want, Yeah, right? So it also depends on your goals. What is it that you're looking for to achieve? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what you have to first look at is what is your goal? Some people might want a lot of cash flow. Maybe people already have some cash flow because they have a great job and they want something to appreciate a lot. So that's mm -hmm. a different market, right? And that's a whole other conversation. But you're right. You have to know what your goals are and right. uh, what you're able to have in time-wise. I think another question, we just had that crash 10 years ago, 2008, the market mm -hmm. crash. I'm sure people are worried that if they buy again or even invest in real estate, that they could lose everything. Yeah. So let's address that because I was in the market with 10 homes in 2008. Um, I actually bought a home in 2008, the one that I live in. It was my dream home. Dream home. And so let me tell you a little story. My dream home, I paid a million dollars for it. And then the market crashed. Literally in six months, I lost $300 on my home. 
Wow. The next six months, I lost another 200,000. So, ouch. Yes, right? half your home. Value, right? But here's the thing. And, and all my homes dropped. So the, all my net worth plummeted. But the other homes had renters. At that time, a lot of people were losing their homes. And so they were renting. So we were able to find good renters. So I kept the places rented. You don't lose money until you sell. So the thing is to not freak out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Like, oh my God, it has no value, right? I'm getting out of here, right? It's never going to recover. Well, most places, not all, but most places do recover over time. Okay, so you get set back a, lot, a little, but you're not gonna, you don't go bankrupt. You're not going to lose everything. It's still a hard asset. The story gets more interesting. My husband lost his job. He didn't lose his job. There were some things that happened. And so he had to get a new job. And we have this house that's $500,000 underwater, and we have to move. Oh, no. Yeah. So good news, bad news. I've got this place that's underwater. We can't sell it. We bought another place, though, that was significantly less in value what it should have been, right? So instead of freaking out, we rented out the place that had um, lost all of its value. We were able to cut even on rent. And even if you don't, if you carry a little negative, you know that the house is going to recover, right? We rented it out. We managed to cover everything on that. We bought another home. Now, fast forward five years, the current home that we were living in, my dream home, went back up $500,000. The place that we bought also went up $500,000. I made a million dollars because of that crash. But it's only because I kept my head and I didn't freak out. Now, I will say there are a lot of people, there was a lot of pain, right? There were a lot of people that lost their jobs. They couldn't figure out what to do. They couldn't make their mortgage. They didn't know enough on how to rent things out. There, there was a lot of pain. But most, I would say, most of the people that lost their homes, if they had just kept their heads, you know, if they're going to move in with their parents anyways, rent yeah, out their yeah. place, right? Hold on to it until right. the market recovers. So really, when I talk about bliss, that's what it's about. It's about this sucks, life gets scary, and you get to manage your own emotions, and you get to make choices on how you're going to deal yeah, with situations. Very, very true. And like you said, life is full of stress, but stress is really something that you create yourself, right? So what I see as stressful may, for you, not be stressful at all. It might be like, cool, a challenge. I can't wait. You know, I did this right before and I'm going to do it right again. And I think life is mm -hmm. about things going up and down. And it's a test as to how you react to it. Exactly. And that's true in real estate too, right? Real estate goes through cycles. We can't, we can't avoid that and we can't predict them. Invest for the long, long haul and then you're not at, at the mercy of cycles. What about people who don't have a lot of money or they don't have good credit? There's going to be people out there that really want to invest. What advice would you give them? There are a lot of ways to invest in real estate without money. I'm not an expert in those things, but I have also done some of those things. So for instance, you can wholesale, which is take ownership of a property and then just immediately sell it to somebody else and make a profit, right? right. So that's a way to invest in real estate. 
If you want to hold real estate, you can do things like lease options, which is basically you pay an option towards a home and then you pay the um, seller a monthly payment each month and then you rent it out and you make the difference, right? It's as if you're getting a loan from the seller. So there are those options. You can do it in terms, which is taking over their loan. You can get private money. Um, Now there are ways to use... um, uh, self-directed IRAs right. to, to pool money, you know, so that you have a little in your IRA and someone else has a little in their IRA and everybody pools their money and you get access to this property. So there's a lot of different ways that you can invest in real estate. It's not like in the old days where it was just fixed 30-year loan. There's so many cool ways to do it, whether you've got money and credit or not. I love that. What can people do if they want to start investing in real estate right now? Most people, the very first thing, they're like, I'm so excited. I'm going to go buy real estate and then go start looking at houses. No, (laughs) there is actually steps that you should take that will make the process so much more blissful. (laughs) And the first one is (laughs) get your money in line, whether it's your own or somebody else's or it's a lease option strategy. Whatever it is, get the money in line first so you know what to go out and look for. So you don't go out there, find something you love and realize you can't afford it, right? right. So that would be the very, very first step is, is think about and arrange the money. So talk to a lender probably so that they can look at your, your credit, your money, your FICO score and who they recommend. So that would be the first thing instead of calling a realtor. That's right. That's right. That's right. If you call a realtor first, the first question you ask is, can you recommend a mortgage broker? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think most realtor would ask you, you know, are you a pre-approved? Because mm. they're not going to want to waste their time. Well, you know what? Like right now in the Silicon Valley, the market is drying up really badly. Realtors are just taking anybody who will call them. And a lot of times they're not, you know, because they're, things are not good right now. Right. And so they, they may not give you the kind of guidance that you need. So you just, that's the thing that you need to know is figure out the money piece first. And then set your goals. Right. That's exactly right. You may not want to invest in Silicon Valley. (laughs) (laughs) You may want that $100,000 house (laughs) with no double zeros after. (laughs) It was so funny the other day. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I just went to my hairdresser and it cost me $200,000. And they were like, What? (laughs) It's like everything I add zeros. No, no, no. It was two hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, it just it depends on what market you're talking about. <laughs> so, let's talk about some misperception that people have around real estate. We can go back and forth, but what do you yeah. think on your your thoughts? I think the biggest misperception that I hear from people is that it's hard. But you know what? People have been buying homes since the beginning of time. This is a natural process that humans go through. This is not hard. Everybody needs housing, (laughs) right? So just if you think of it more as, okay, this is sort of a natural process of living, it'll be a lot more easy to sort of approach it. Don't think of it as this like big, hard, daunting thing. It's not. Actually, you know what? I teach a course called the Blissful Real Estate Investor Formula. And it talks about how to set the goals, what are your priorities, and how to make this whole process feel much more intuitive and relaxed and blissful so that it's not this big daunting thing. Yeah, yeah. 
I think another one for me is I hear people, they want it to be within driving distance, like the 20 minute rule of their home. And I think that comes from maybe partly fear or maybe just partly a belief that they got from somewhere. And if you're in an area that's maybe a $100,000 home would be great. But I'm from Los Angeles, you're from the Silicon Valley and a down payment on a home in our area, you can buy it. A couple homes. Cash. <laughs> That's Cash. true. Yeah. <laughs> That's area. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, you do not have to buy it to, again. So this is the thing. What are your goals? What is your risk aversion? Right? What is your resources? Um, you know, Jackie, you do a really good job with turnkey stuff. Um, to help people to buy in other markets, right? So right. that they're not having to invest in in California, you know, in either of our markets, right? So there are resources like Jackie that can help you to get homes in your budget that are going to be a lot less stress for you. And then Jackie, you do cool things, right? Like you are, you set up all the management company, the renters, all of that stuff, right? So there are ways to invest that are not in your backyard that are still very, very safe and very attainable. And not scary. And not scary. You just have to know your resources and the people that you're trusting your money with. Absolutely. What is it you love about your part-time, part-time, (laughs) part-time blissful real estate investing business? Everything. (laughs) Like I said, I like love my tenants. I love my homes. I love the wealth. I love the freedom. Um, And you know, here's the thing. So you mentioned that I wrote a book that's award winning. Yes. The book's called Choose Bliss. And because of my real estate business, I've been able to completely bankroll that book and get this message out there that I think is so important to people that they deserve blissful lives. Bliss is our birthright. It's how we're born. And we forget as we grow up. And so I want people to remember that they have a right to bliss. And because I don't have to worry about the money, I was able to start that business and really move towards my mission powerfully without worry, you know? So it allows you to do the things in the world that you want to do, whether it's taking care of your children, helping with organizations and charity, being a philanthropist, doing your own mission, whatever it is, right? Real estate allows you to do the freedom to do those things. And that's what I just truly am so grateful for myself. Yeah. And, you know, that's how I define really what true wealth is, is the freedom to do what you want, where you wanted, however long you wanted, with whoever you wanted. Exactly. Real estate is really the way that I can see there may be other ways, but like you said, it's the easiest way. We, it's been beginning of time and, uh, so listeners, Monica's website, can it be anything else except blissfulinvestor.com? <laughs> <laughs> so you can find her at blissfulinvestor.com. You have a gift for our listeners. Tell I us do, about it. yes. So if you go to blissfulinvestor.com, you will learn about my blissful real estate investing strategy. And I'll kind of tell you how I started with it. Not kind of. I will specifically tell you year by year how I started with 10000 and turned it into multiple millions. In the, in the strategy, it tells you I went to $2 million, but it's well over that now. 
Um, but you get the whole breakdown. I was in the market and purchased during two crashes in 2001 and 2008 at the top of the market. So you get to see sort of what I did, how I managed that. And hopefully it'll give you the confidence and the tools so that you can start investing yourself. You can check out blissfulinvestor.com and contact Monica if you have any questions, you want to hire her. She's here to help you. That's what she wants to do. Also, check out my podcast. It's Real Estate Investing for Women. Where do people find it? iTunes is great. You'll also be able to find it on blissfulinvestor.com if you if you look for the podcast tab. It's a wonderful show. I think it's one of the top rated or going up on I saw your post. It's been top 10 since its inception. Two weeks in, it's been top 10 and it's been there ever since. I'm so amazingly grateful that people are really loving what we're sharing. You yeah, know? absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for being yeah. on the show. Yay! Thank you for having me. <laughs> Anytime I get to talk to you more, it makes me more blissful. <laughs> so until next time, listeners, always be learning and always be growing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.